works. I want someone who has been in there and really into it because it's a, my job is a hands-on job. I mean, I have set roles and things that I do, but I also might be on an offsite test location and a car stops working and I'm, I'm in Northern Minnesota and it's really cold and I don't have a mechanic with me and I have to figure out, okay, why is this car not starting? And I may not, I may have someone to call that can help me walk through it, but I still need to be the one that can spin a wrench or do something. To some degree. To, to, to some mean, degree right. to yeah. kind of get myself through a, a, a situation. And so we need to have that experience. But anyway, so I, I can see it from more of a, a hiring point of view and this is not like an, an official Goodyear stance right. but this is kind of how <laughs> yes. but you know, for this specific role we are yeah. looking for the person who is hands on who has been a part of these sort of programs because it shows interest we are developing students for the industry career technical education so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Welcome back to Enrico CT. Now I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. And today we have two special guests to, to talk about their careers and career pathways and give you some knowledge and insight into maybe a possible career pathway for you. But first I have to remind you to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. All at the handle Henrico CTE. HenricoCTE.com for more information on all the courses we offer your student here inside of Henrico County. And Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast on all of your major podcast applications, Spotify or Apple, YouTube. It doesn't really matter. And then most of the minor ones, we've got over 100 episodes. So we've got lots of listening material, lots of information about careers that you may be interested in. So if you've not listened to us before, you've got a lot of catching up to do. Got a lot of catching up to do. You can binge us during the holidays. And uh, if you need a break from family, you can take that break with us and Rico CTE and learn about different career pathways. All right, guys, now for your feature presentation. Sitting across from us here inside of the A Center at Hermitage, we have Good Gear Performance Test Driver Dave Ogburn. You still, still messed did it, it up. <laughs> still destroyed it. <laughs> Dude. Okay. We even had a practice session. We even, yeah. had, a we practice even session. had a practice session. I wrote it phonetically on my notes, and it did not work out. Well, what I would call phonetics. But if we have Goodyear Performance Driver, Performance Test Driver, Dave Ogburn, and Goodyear Senior Engineer, Ali Ogburn, sitting across from here inside of the Ace and Iron Hermitage. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here on Henrico CTE Now. Yeah, thank you for having us. Uh, so glad to be here. So glad to have you guys. So take us down your career pathways. Two very interesting titles that I just mentioned. How did you guys get there? Well, so we both met. We are we are married, Dave and Allie Ogburn. We're not brother or sister. There's <laughs> 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 multiple um, situations in which you could have the same. Last yeah, year. you know so they, can, they can't up. see us, so you know yeah. people may yeah. think. Or, yeah, so we met at the University of Virginia, and we're both in the mechanical engineering program there. I went into mechanical engineering because. I was good at math and science in high school, and it seemed like a, a good move, a good next move. So, um, and Virginia's beautiful. I'm from Texas, so Virginia was just beautiful, and it, it had me hooked. And that's really all that went into my decision to make it to mechanical engineering. But then I met Dave, and he had more of a, a focus, I think, there. And so once we kind of got together, it we started merging our paths, I would say, in yeah. our career. So, I'll, yeah, Dave, you can So I, I'm from the Richmond area. I went to Godwin High School and Math and Science Center. So yeah, Math and Science was sort of always 
a focus, but but cars are really what I was interested in since high school. So it kind of came from my dad. I, I had my dad is more of a car guy. I would say I'm more into racing, and so he's street cars. I'm race cars. You know, kind of like <laughs> what I what I liked. So I guess you always have to be like a little bit different than your parent if you you know have <laughs> just, a, just very slightly have, off just the, the slightly off. Yeah. You know, in in high school, I. I knew I wanted to do something racing or, or, or automotive. So I would say a lot of engineers or anybody going to, to college or any kind of post high school program, you, you sort of, you might have a slight direction. I was lucky and then I, I was pretty sure I wanted to work in racing or, or automotive. Really wanted to design race cars, that's what I thought. So mechanical engineering was the choice to be a race car designer. And then I worked for uh, I say work in air quotes. Um, racing <laughs> racing doesn't pay particularly well, especially when you're starting out. So I worked for, I think my dad and I added up the hours I worked with what I made my first summer working for a race team. I think I made about two bucks an hour. Oh, wonderful. Um, so I, I don't oh, know. Oh, he was not complaining. I, I don't know how that went from I mean, an IRS point of view or whatever, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I did. Yeah. So, I, and then I, I volunteered for some professional race teams and kind of got my experience in in professional racing, what it's like to be a crew member through college, worked in, in racing in the summers and, and a little bit on weekends. And then a big focus for any sort of automotive type, you know, engineer, mechanical engineer is what's called Baja SE and Formula SE. So mm -hmm. these are two basically like um, experiential programs where students design and build race cars so there's other different types of there's solar uh, cars so, yeah solar yeah. car and if architecture side there's like solar house so basically they're really cool programs where where students can do a, a hands-on long-term project where you design and build something so for uh, the program sure. at, at uva had just started so my first year at uva was the first year of the program um, so i got really lucky that there were some people that were kind of getting it started um, when uh, when I started school. So it was a really small team, which gave me the experience of, like if you go to Virginia Tech or University of Michigan or some of these big schools, they might have a, a team with 100 people and you're a small cog. So it and, gave and, you an opportunity to have some one-on-one -on -one time with, with the yeah, folks exactly. teaching the lessons. Yeah, exactly. So like my, my first year on the team, I didn't know anything and I was designing brakes and I didn't even know what that meant. So I'm designing the brakes. Okay, so then it's just, there's no book that you can just read of like how to design brakes for an off road race car and so you you basically get thrown into the deep end and everybody has a big role so i learned to weld i learned to fabricate i learned how to use cad modeling programs how to build a test track yeah how so to we build built a, our own off-road test yeah, track we had to build a test track so it was really cool we, we were sort of there at the start of the program and now this program at uva they have their their own building by the engineering facility that's you know multi-million dollar facility that is more on par with you know some of the bigger engineering schools uva is not a big engineering school but it it, it gave us it is the, the oldest though in the state okay i didn't know that yeah so there's some quick facts. <laughs> some uva, some quick UVA facts. history yeah, yeah there you go um if we can't be the biggest we'll be the oldest yeah so <laughs> so we're the first exactly <laughs> this program for me kind of i i learned i would say more than I did in school. I mean, you apply some things that you learn in school, but this is like real project management. It's time management. It's it a is, lot of failing, a yeah. lot of learning to be okay with failure. Right, yeah. and and you get different aspects. So the difference between like some of these programs in real life as an engineer is at most engineering companies, especially a big company. If you're going to work for you know an airplane company, an OEM auto manufacturer, a tire company, you don't you don't design it, build it, test it. You usually have one role. So yeah, in you this, had it. hands mm -hmm. in every single aspect right, of the yeah. process. So we would, you know, throughout the year, we would design the car. Then 
uh, usually an hour before the competition, we would start to build it. No, just, yeah. <laughs> that, that was kind no of but an hour before we started was, to test it. That was kind in of what it felt like. At competition, um, but our, our our senior year, we actually like followed a schedule. We designed it. We finished it in January. Then we built the car over two or three months. Like she said, we built the test track. We did endurance test as part of the the rate the competition at the end where you compete against schools so we would compete against i think the biggest one we went to was 120 other schools from all around the world so mm-hmm. there were teams from india brazil. all over canada brazil oh, wow. mexico mm-hmm. uh, parts of asia and and then you know, a bunch of schools across the u.s so you you know what the competition is going to be and and the main part of it is a four-hour endurance race so you're wheel-to-wheel racing against other schools it's, you know, think about it. It, it doesn't like sound a, very safe, but it but it's <laughs> you know, yeah. safe is one of the things that that right. you may be concerned with if yeah. you're a parent listening to the episode. But obviously, um, of course, they have to have some type of rules. They absolutely, oh, absolutely. So, so a lot to of pass all the safety right. Inspections. So there there are lots of safety mm-hmm. inspections with adults doing the safety inspections, <laughs> not kids, um, not college kids, not college yeah. kids. Yeah. So they they there's people from the main from the main sponsor. So. Briggs and Stratton is the, yeah. that made the engines, and and Honda is a big supporter. Polaris a big supporter. So it's also cool you can get FaceTime with engineers that, that work for these companies, and so and recruiters and recruiters. Yeah. They usually have a career fair. So mm-hmm. these companies that support, they're not doing it to get advertising dollars at the Baja competition. They're doing it to get engineers. Find talent. They're, yeah. they're they're finding talent. It's a good way to to network as well, but. I think probably everyone we talked to when we got hired at Honda. Spoiler alert: we got hired at Honda. Spoiler alert: um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, get to that part I think of the every single person that came into our new class was either part of Baja or former. Right. Yeah. So I now, think. right now, if you if you're an engineer in the automotive industry, if you haven't done Baja or Formula. Or one of the SAE programs. One so, of the um, SAE. Society of Automotive Engineers is what that stands for. Then mm-hmm. your your resume is probably not making it through a filter. So yeah. let's well let's talk about the the Baja programs. Um, what schools offer those? Uh, if you guys can think of some off the top of the head, obviously UVA does, but yeah, what so, other schools? So really all over Virginia yeah. Tech. I mean, I, I it, you'd be hard pressed to think of an engineering program that doesn't gotcha. offer one of them. Okay, and one so, of them. Yeah. Baja is easier to get started. Um, the main difference with Formula SAE and Baja SAE. So Formula SAE, you're designing a Formula race car, an open wheel race car, a little mini Indy car, basically. But you have to design and build your own engine. And so that adds a whole other element of complexity complexity yeah. and expense. You need a bigger team. And so and more money. with Baja, it's a, f- a spec engine. Everybody, you, you buy an engine from the competition it's a five a, horsepower uh, 10 oh sorry 10 10, 10, <laughs> 10. so it'll go like 40 Felt miles an like hour five. it'll go like 40 miles an hour downhill um, but, but it is, like, uh, it is so much fun like like my previous outside That's there you go cool. yeah. yeah so it's a much easier program to get started uh, with within a school and so a lot of schools will start with baja and then as as the programs get bigger and the interest grows, they yeah, they may mature. add both or they may expand. So UVA right now actually doesn't have a Baja team; they're oh, formula. Okay. So UVA, like we said, is a smaller engineering school. So our our mechanical engineering class was fifty graduates. Virginia Tech, I think, is five hundred. So you, yeah. you, we just oh, had that's, a that's real another zero right there. Yeah, that makes a big difference. R- right. Good math. Yes, <laughs> well, I'm getting better at math, math day by day. The the neat thing about hearing this, I mean, I didn't realize this all went on, is that we're starting a, a motorsports yeah, class are. next year. Yes, we are for high schoolers. Exactly, and so, and so that's kind of like a precursor to getting into something like that. A hundred percent. So that was really my, uh, you know, I, I went from a pretty like irresponsible college kid who was just sort of trying to make it through to like something I could be really interested in and I had good enough grades to like not get caught up in a filter that gets your resume in the trash but it wasn't like let's say the 
He was not an all-star on paper. I wasn't paper. advertising my GPA. <laughs> so I had an, it was enough to get me in the door, right. but it wasn't. But Baja is what allowed me to, when I applied for a job, you know, I was third year, I was suspension lead. And fourth year, I was the team captain. And I could really Real get, applicable when, experience. When I yeah. sat in an, in, in an interview room and somebody asked me questions, an example of this, you know, tell me a time that you had to use Those are my favorite blah, ones. blah, blah skills. Yeah. It was Baja Easy. all the time yeah. to the point where they'd finally be like, do you have a non-Baja example? Like, <laughs> like, you don't want to hear well, my non-Baja examples. Uh, <laughs> well, all the best examples are Baja. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So so between racing and Baja, they gave me real world experience that honestly, my, my, my GPA, you know, it was just sort of the Secondary. it was the so. minimum to get in the door. And then everything else was what allowed me to get jobs and get past interviews. And, and and I will say, too, from someone who was not, I would say, a traditional car person, I started Baja because, again, we, we met in college and he needed help. And I'm kidding. A lot of help. <laughs> well, it was, again, it was a small team, so they needed all the hands they could get. It gave me a playground to really learn something that otherwise, fun fact, I went to an all-girls high school. Um, so I did not have a lot of that hands-on background from my before college years okay and i would say it was pretty intimidating to me not only as you know a girl that's luckily changing now but i i just felt like i didn't belong in that arena and so getting to do that with some friends with my boyfriend you know whoever it gave you yeah just like a playground to kind of see if you like it see that it's really not that intimidating at all you've got a good brain you've got two working hands you can do it so for me that was kind of neat because it actually gave me the same real world real world experience as dave did but without all that background i didn't have you know years of autocrossing with my dad or you know the things that he did cars in the past going up in in the garage and right figuring those things out i used to take apart radios and stuff i mean just little things but i was never you know knee deep in cars so for me that was kind of neat because then our next step as he said you know, we, we both ended up going to work for Honda got recruited kind of through the Baja program I did I felt I had the confidence and felt like I knew a little bit more about the industry and that it was interesting because at that point before then really before getting into Baja I, I don't know that I would have considered it as a career path just because it was foreign to me right but that career exposure gave you an opportunity to say hey you know maybe I could make a living yeah. doing something like this. Yeah. I want to stick with something real quick here. Mike, you mentioned motorsports. How can an experience like that help someone, a student in high school, really chart that out? How they can get into the auto industry? And how could have something that maybe in the past, how could you guys have benefited from a high school motorsports program? Yeah, I think I would have benefited from it quite a bit. I mean, I think the earlier you start to get hands-on experience, yeah. whether you are you know, going down an engineering path or a, a different technical path, mechanic, fabricator. I think any any link you get to the real world and you learn real skills, it, it's it's incredibly valuable. And my personal experience is I've worked with through racing and through my, my engineering and automotive career. I've worked with some really high level fabricators, mechanics, technicians. And if, if I compare you know th- their ability to design an engineer and get themselves out of a situation or come up with a solution versus an engineer who just went to class and might have had a 4.0 yeah. but has never touched a wrench mm-hmm. I'm going to take the fabricator mechanic any day of the week all day long yeah. and so that real world experience it's it's good to have the, the, the background you know, from an engineering point of view but the real world if you haven't gotten your hands dirty you haven't taken something apart and put it back together you can learn how an engine works 
you know, from a YouTube video or a textbook, but if you take an engine apart and you put it back together and then it immediately blows up, you learn a lot. <laughs> yeah. It may not be I'll say fun. It is. It's a lot of failure. I think we said that already. Yeah, but even, failure, yeah. even more so than that, you start to build your network. You never know when any of these people you meet doing these types of activities becomes important for your path. I mean, the people that we met doing Baja competitions ended up helping us find this path to Honda, but also some of the guys that Dave worked with in high school, you still keep in touch with. And I mean, you, you never know when some of those doors open up or so-and-so hears about a job at whatever company. Right. Oh, you know, my my friend's son, you know, he used to crew for us and I'm going to throw this his way. So all that, I mean, it's even more than just the hands-on experience, but you're meeting people. And you might figure out that when you try stuff, oh, actually, I don't like this at all. This is not yeah. what I thought that's it was going to be. That's, yeah. Me and Mike say that all the time. Mike's jumping. That's how any of us ever figure out what we want to do. <laughs> you got to try it. You got to try it. Yeah, because, I mean, this is an opportunity. In any of our programs, you know, and we're looking at, at the ACE centers, what we're up to 35, 36 now, yeah. programs with the new ones that are coming on for next year. I mean, it's great to try out something to find out what you didn't want to do absolutely you know and if you do it it's better it's not always going to happen but if you could do it now and eliminate the possibility that you've gone to college and you've spent a bunch of money mm-hmm. and your first second year in you're like you, you oh you gotta switch your major not, add yeah. two I more thought years this was gonna be cool mm-hmm. i thought this was gonna be interesting this is not for me there you spent money here with us it's nothing. Yeah. You know, right. you're still in high school. You're Low not pressure. putting out the bucks. Yeah. There's actually a term in kind of the technical industry called fail fast, fail early. And the same thing. I mean, even when you get into your career, I'm not saying fail at your job, but when you're <laughs> when you're working on a new project, say a new technology project, you want to do a lot of prototyping or experimenting or things early, 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 before you get a lot of that investment in there. Same thing. I mean, time or, or actual money. You want to try that stuff out as soon as you can. We always have the naysayers when it comes to students going through technical programs, mm-hmm. whether they're going into, do, they're doing it in high school, they're doing it after at one of the technical colleges. It, there's uh, the thought that it is less education. And what y'all are telling me, it is not. Absolutely I mean, not. but it, it's a different education and it's something that you're not necessarily going to get in just an engineering class alone. <laughs> I was talking to a student at one of our career expos. You know, he's like, I want to design race cars specifically. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, I, I tell people all the time, wouldn't it be great before you go to engineering school to learn how to design cars that you actually physically did some work? Oh, yeah. It really is. And I think it's really the only thing holding people back from from believing that is a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. We've been programmed to think that a four-year degree is is the goal. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, and it and equals automatic success, which, right. which people are finding the hard way that it does not necessarily it does not, equal that. Yeah, I think really good companies and hiring managers will recognize that, that they want to look for that real experience because what that means to them is they can plug you right in and there's not a whole lot of hand-holding they need to do. There's not as much on-the-job training they need to do. You've already had a lot of that. And when you're interviewing, you can actually ask those questions and really get a sense for how that individual handled technical problems or adversity in a team or you know any of that kind of stuff that they want to see are you really going to fit into our group when you come up to problems which you're always going to have problems how are you going to solve them and most big companies also don't have super regimented training process for new yeah. engineers and so there is an element of if you're willing to to get in there and be proactive and you have examples of that through 
a real world program, whether mm-hmm. it's a, a CT type program or Baja or Formula or some of these other teams through your through your university or college or or high school, you know, it shows that you are willing to be hands on and learn and ask questions and engage, and that's that's different than. I got an A on this. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just saw it in the book. I read the book. My I teacher to told me what to study. Answer the questions. Yeah, I crammed. Yeah. I, yeah. Where, where do you think that um, this type of hands-on training and education that you're getting at a high school level, both of y'all graduated college, did any of your experience pre-college help you get into the college of your choice, having certain skills that you've already gotten whether you got it in high school whether it's something that you were doing it with your dad or your mom or you know helping with the family business what do those skills play into the college acceptance game for, for me it, you know I, I was in the technical center at godwin i think some of that played into it um you know I, it did through some of the like small level racing and car stuff i was doing with my dad it certainly gave me things to talk about and like mm-hmm. an essay and and, right. and whatnot mm-hmm. but I think it would have if I had had that opportunity, especially from an engineering school point of view. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're applying to um, you know arts and sciences and you've done an automotive class, I don't know how much weight that, that holds. But mm-hmm. from an engineering school, anything that you do to separate yourself and anything that you do that's outside of the norm that shows a work ethic. Yeah, I right. Because and, what I was and we're for. not, you yeah. know, we're not college recruiters, so I can't really speak to that. We've both been involved in recruiting for Goodyear, but I would think a, a college is looking for kids who are proactive and who are really interested in learning. Mm-hmm. And so, doing hands-on stuff shows both of those things because it's just not the norm yet. Right. So that means we'll try to change that, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, I think that's probably all we can really. Yeah, and speak I, to I, I see it more from a recruiting and hiring point of view. So mm-hmm. with. With my group at, at Goodyear, so we sort of alluded to in the intro. So I'm now a performance test driver for for which we haven't even gotten to start talking yeah, about yet. This is going to be a long episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's going to be your we, longest we podcast. Pre- we were prepared yeah. for that. At yeah. least an hour in length, at least. Okay, <laughs> well, um, that's fine. But uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm in a, a small a small group. We're all engineers. I would say I've normally at, at my level I'm more involved in the hiring process. So most mm-hmm. engineers that are not in management, I, you kind of get told who's getting hired by your chief engineer right. or your manager, or whatever the title is, or whatever company Technical you work leader, at. Technical leader, yeah. But mm-hmm. with with my job, it's a a multi-year training process, and so you go from you know either a driver with a small amount of experience who's an engineer, whether it's like low-level racing, some kind of track days, things where you're just showing some engagement in driving, but we, you're not. You don't need to come in as an Indy 500 winner <laughs> yeah. you know, to get this job. Yeah, right. Actually, Obviously. if you don't have an engineering degree, it wouldn't matter, right? Right. Yeah. So um, I look at a lot of resumes because we're kind of at odds with, you know, every every big company has a contract HR department oh, that's gosh. screening resumes yeah. and they're looking for little buzzwords. And so we have to and like h- hone, hone <laughs> the name. So we just get like the highest GPA resumes and it'll be someone who is, the you know, have a 3.9 and has not done anything but school. And if I get somebody that has a 3.0 and has, you know, been on a Baja or a Formula team, especially been a leader in that team. And so we'll cross-reference. So I I Google everybody that I get the resume if we're seriously considering because we'll bring them down for a multi-day interview where they drive cars. Watch those social media platforms, guys. We're trying to tell you that. No, I have Googled Googled people and immediately been like, well, you may not pass certain tests. Background checks? That we do. (laughs) And it's like, well, that was not smart. So clean social media. But yeah, absolutely. So we'll look at, if you say you're on the Formula C team, 
and we go to that Formula SAE team's website, and you're not on the website. You may have been to a meeting, but you're not on the team. Okay. Right. You know, so we'll look <laughs> you didn't at, get the experience we'll, we'll, that we're looking for. We'll look at, you know, yeah. we're not talking about going to meetings. I want someone who has been in there and mm-hmm. really into it because it's a, my job is a hands-on job. I mean, I have set roles and things that I do, but I also might be on an offsite test location and a car stops working. And I'm, I'm in northern Minnesota and it's really cold. And I don't have a mechanic with me and I have to figure out, okay, why is this car not starting? And I may not, I may have someone to call that can help me walk through it, but I still need to be the one that can spin a wrench or do something. To some degree. To to, to some degree to kind of get myself through a a situation. And so we need to have that experience. But anyway, so I, I can see it from more of a hiring point of view and this is not like an, an official Goodyear stance right. but this is kind of how <laughs> yes. but you know, for this specific role we are yeah. looking for the person who is hands on who has been a part of these sort of programs because it shows interest because if you if you're going to dedicate yourself to being an automotive engineer or a test driver or something in this industry you should probably be interested in one of these programs. I know I was. Everybody yeah. I work with was. And, and you know, it, it's, you don't have to be a clone of us, but there needs to be some interest. So if you want to be someone that designs airplanes, there's a lot of RC airplane design competitions in school. Well, you were given a chance to design an airplane. If you didn't take that chance, you probably don't want to design airplanes. Right. So <laughs> it's kind of Absolutely. like it's low-hanging fruit for us. If you want to be involved, it, like you said, it's, it's free. Mm-hmm. You've already paid for college. It doesn't cost money to be on the Formula SAE team or Baja SAE team. You don't have to bring your own tools. You get all the stuff provided for you through the university. So all you have to do is put in time. We are speaking with Goodyear Performance Test Driver Dave Ogburn and Goodyear Senior Engineer Ali Ogburn. They are a uh, husband and wife tandem. I like to say Power tandem. Team. Power <laughs> team. Power couple. Power yeah. couple. Uh, <laughs> both working in uh, the automotive industry. Heard the Goodyear tag. Mentioned you guys worked at Honda. How'd you guys actually end up in Goodyear? We kind of got off on a tangent. I was going to say, you <laughs> asked us <laughs> we, we asked, 30 minutes a, ago what our career path was, and <laughs> yeah. we didn't even get to our so, career. You know what's funny? It was almost, I'm looking at the time right here. It was almost exactly 30 minutes really? ago. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep this quick. So we, um, I was a design engineer at, at Honda. Uh, I was a crash safety engineer. Allie was a crash safety engineer, which you could talk to her for a long time about that. But um, That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that later. Uh, so I, I quickly realized, so I was a suspension designer. And so I wanted to be involved with kind of handling and the way a vehicle handles. Whether vehicle it's dynamics. Springs, yeah. dampers, yeah, vehicle dynamics in general. And so through racing and kind of extracurricular activities at work, I was friends with a bunch of guys who were in the testing department. And so I found myself spending a lot more time with them and going out to Honda's hey guys, test track. Can I come ride on a test with you? Yeah, and I would do anything <laughs> I can to basically get outside because I, I would, you know, living in Ohio, we would get to work when it was dark, we would leave when it was dark and it'd be like, man, I'd really like to see the sun at some point. Through a friend of a friend, Goodyear had an opening for a performance test driver. Goodyear has a, a test track in West Texas in a town called San Angelo. I heard Texas and said yes. Right, so we were we, we <laughs> were kinda, back home. We were kind of done with Ohio winter and so we were at Sorry Honda for, anyone listening who's from for about a year and a half and uh there's and this whole ohio joke going on on uh, social media right now amongst the uh, younger generation so they'll probably love that but oh, go so ahead. There you go. yeah and <laughs> so so that brought us to texas so it's closer to her family it was a job that i was super interested in and i wanted to be driving the car doing the tests 
more hands-on with the performance of the tire or the suspension. You know, in this case, it was tire testing. Wanted to be in the automotive industry. I didn't know that a test driving job existed. I mean, I knew, you know, mm-hmm. on some level that there had to be somebody driving the cars. You don't just design it in a computer and spit it out of a plant. And the first <laughs> hope time, it goes well. the it's first like, time, uh, well, let's hope this works out. Right. Yeah. Whoever yeah. gets this right. Car. The first time that somebody drives it is either off a dealership or some <laughs> journalist who's gonna like rip it apart. So yeah. there's clearly people that that do these sort of evaluations. I always assumed that it was ex-race car drivers, that it was a bunch of former NASCAR <laughs> guys, you know, driving these cars at the limit. And I didn't know that it was things, an engineer. things that engineers yeah. can, can do. Through Honda, I learned that these jobs exist. And then it became my mission to get one of those jobs. And the hardest part is getting in. Mm-hmm. Once you're in, you're, you're, you're in. I, I could work for a number of different companies now because I have experience at Goodyear. Basically, it is expensive to train somebody to drive a car in this way. Once somebody takes that chance on you, and don't, there's no official figure, but I, Goodyear has spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, if imagine. not millions, to, yeah. to train yeah. me. And so, and anybody that does my type of job. And so... Once somebody puts that investment and you have a skill, like Ali said earlier, you know, you build a network. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, the hardest part is getting in. So we're very happy with Goodyear. So I'm not saying I'm trying to leave, but I'm just saying in general. <laughs> we they, love you, Goodyear. Yeah. The hardest part is getting, is getting in. So if you're an HVAC engineer for 10 years and you decide you wanted to be a test driver, that's a much harder path to go down it doesn't okay. mean it's not impossible it's not I mean it's yeah. impossible but you know it's it's easier to get in earlier out of school because you're cheaper and so it's, <laughs> it's, right? it's yeah. easier to take a, so a, a risk on somebody to train when you're not commanding a higher salary, yeah, higher salary um, yeah. but uh yeah so that our path to goodyear was basically my desire to be a more hands-on testing role versus yeah. the the design role and then us wanting to be in in texas well let's talk about average day now you guys got these awesome titles what do you do when you go to work at a proving grounds where you're testing vehicles testing tires outside obviously the focus is on the product either the, yeah. the vehicle or the tire but there's a lot that goes on to manage the tracks to manage the facilities you know and, and all that requires engineers as well so there's a group of us that do the technical support to basically allow dave and his group to do their thing goddamn burn rubber like come on right yeah <laughs> so somebody's uh, got to do it one my the project i'm wrapping up right now is a brand new new test lab for indoor testing for mining tires. But then I've also done process improvement stuff. So so there's a lot. I mean, as an engineer that's maybe not as focused as Dave's particular job where you get millions invested into your specific skill, you become a generalist. You become, you get handed, okay, we really need someone that's not afraid to tackle this problem. I usually am in charge of some uh, small group of projects. Lately, it's been one very large project, so I'm dedicated to that one. But I would say most of my job right now is project management-based. So I have that engineering background. I can work on technical projects, but I'm not anymore, at least I was early in my career, but I'm not anymore working on the machines themselves. Now I'm more overseeing, say, a new machine upgrade or um, you know, new machines in general, procurement and installation and commissioning of them. So, yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on as well. You don't have to have a very specific skill uh, that you have to go after. Engineers gotcha. engineers are very broad and can be very broad. Yeah, and, and, and within tire testing, there's mm-hmm. kind of on vehicle mm-hmm. and like a on lab, on equipment. lab equipment Yeah, or a test rig. And so she does more of the lab equipment, mm-hmm. test rigs. I'm all on vehicle. Yeah. And so 
our departments, we're both engineers at the same facility, but the facility is 7,500 acres. So our desks are about a mile and a half from each other. <laughs> so we're not, we're not right next door. Yeah. Um, but we have a big series of tracks and we test everything from the smallest, you know, 13 inch passenger car tire. European uh, size is tiny, yeah. tiny stuff. Yeah, up, up, <laughs> up to the mining equipment uh, that, that she talked about. So you're talking about tires that get mounted on a 63-inch wheel. So you know, They like, weigh like, 12,000 pounds. Like a 22-inch wheel is pretty big on Huge. an SUV. 11, so these, yeah. 11 feet tall. Yeah, so, so these yeah. roll on 63s. And, um, they <laughs> yeah. have, I like that. I like who did that. They, they, yeah. have, they, they have a tire you know, that weighs 13, 12, 13,000 pounds, mm-hmm. and you stand up next to it, and you don't even come to the, the center of the wheel. Of the hub, yeah. And so takes a very different skill set and and that's more what she works on mm-hmm. than you know mine is a little easier to maybe understand especially without pictures and videos and things you know because i'm more you know on, on a car that we y- you drive every day and and she's on like basically a real life tonka truck okay typical day for me is not very typical I, it depends on what project i'm working on and i think I that's, a long that, way to that's good news for probably a lot of uh parents who are going to share this with their students yeah, and yeah. like that, that eh, i can't see my student just working in no, one there's single project a lot of variation right. you have to be comfortable with change and comfortable with starting something new trying something new when you work at a smaller facility that isn't uh maybe as specialized right so so we're linked to a big company Goodyear's obviously very large yeah revenue 25 billion dollars 70,000 employees across the across the world we're only we're, 65 of them we're 65 employees in West Texas mm-hmm. so we're we're more you know we are linked to the mothership and and, <laughs> and we work with headquarters is in Akron Ohio back to that Ohio link <laughs> yeah. um, but Head but back to Ohio. we operate more like a small facility so it's sometimes it is more of an all hands on deck type if you have a project because you just don't have enough people to yeah. Sometimes you have big projects that require more more manpower. Sometimes it's it's smaller. But um, so she gets to do a lot. My job is more specific. Her job more more varied across you know big, big uh, basically all of our different types of testing. When so we so Dave, what do you, what do you do? Like you go to work and you just get in the car and you hit the gas. Slap a as helmet far on. As, yeah. the helmet. Yeah. Like, how you know how fast can I get this to go? And so my my, my do you purposely it. try That's to it. destroy stuff like so? Yeah, my my job is basically tire performance. I'm I'm essentially a performance evaluator. So I, I, in some ways, am treated like a piece of equipment. I'm like a calibrated piece oh. of equipment. So oh it's it, 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 like the Terminator. Yeah. Like, so it's like <laughs> no. It's we, like we, we do you know? basic performance tests on on a vehicle. So a wide variety of different vehicles. And my job is to basically feel or hear uh, in certain types of environments what the tire is doing and then communicate that to the tire engineer to tune and make changes and so the basic tests that i do are noise ride comfort a steering feel so this would be more like when you're driving on the highway and you make small inputs to change a lane you know you want that to be direct and linear you don't want to turn the steering wheel nothing happens you turn a little bit more and you change three lanes <laughs> and so that sounds crazy because you're not because you're, you're not, not dealing with because you're not used yeah. to that happening but yeah. that happens at my level where you you do have things where you're like this is not good so what are and, some of the safety gear that you have to put on before you get into these so types? Oh, you wearing a spacesuit is that what space <laughs> no, no, normally just a helmet so just a helmet, okay. yeah it's just a helmet for anything that gets to the limit so we we basically test tires in order of least wear to heaviest wear so i'll start out with a noise test and so for a normal program for me it's anywhere from three to seven different sets of tires so we have gotcha. just kind of like experimental method we have okay. a control so we have a reference so that is something that I will carry from test to test and round of development. And within the tire world, the, the sort of main avenues, it's replacement. 
So that's a tire. You go to Walmart, you go to Sam's Club, TireRack.com, mm-hmm. a Goodyear, Costco, you a, know. a Goodyear <laughs> store, and, and you Good buy year. you buy a tire to put on your vehicle that you already own. That yeah. you already own. Mm-hmm. And then okay. there's the OE tire development. So this would be you buy a brand new Camaro and it comes with Goodyears, or a brand new F-150 and it comes with Goodyears. And those tires were specifically designed for that vehicle. And so. For me, there's kind of two main... It's just kind of that weird thing that... I don't know if Toyota does this, that you do with the Prius, and you're just like, hey, you get better gas mileage with these types Mm -hmm. of tires. 100%. 100%. Yeah, so I work on replacement projects. Again, that's what we call them, replacement market. That is, you go to a store, you buy a tire for a vehicle you already have. Then there's the OE testing, which is I'm helping to develop tires specifically for an OEM. They they are the ones that that come up with the requirements. So in the Prius example, they say we want a certain amount of rolling resistance. We want you to be at this level for wet handling based on you know, this tire we've already approved. So we want you to maintain the wet handling of this. And it could be a Bridgestone. It could be another Goodyear product. It could, basically, anything they give to us is like, meet this performance. We want you to be quieter than this. We want you to have a mileage warranty longer than this. Is so there where? ever an expectation where you're like, guys, come on now? <laughs> oh, 100%. Oh, yeah, because they want <laughs> everything to be better. Right, because yeah. normally, normally this starts as, we want everything to be better. And we go, well, that's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Everything. We want it to be quieter and faster. <laughs> Because what we're dealing with when you're when you're testing a tire, or actually when you're designing the tire, you can make one that lasts forever, but it won't it won't handle. It right. won't. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. There's you're a hard ride. So that's, you're you're trying to find that happy medium where it's great performance wise. Well, if you're leaning for something that's performance, you, you got to be able to sure deal Prius, with that. No. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 right, so, so on the yes, on the extreme yes. extreme end, you know, a racing slick has no tread pattern. Right not good in the wet so right. you know but it's meant for max dry mm-hmm. handling performance right we don't care what it sounds like not really concerned with what it what it ride what the ride comfort so the tire is actually a pretty big part of ride comfort so you hit a pothole your feel the tire is a spring and it is a damper just mm-hmm. like the springs and and shock absorbers or dampers on your car it's yeah. it's a stiff tire can make your car feel really jarring and abrupt a soft tire can make it feel nice and supple over a, a bumpy highway construction zone type thing and so it's always a compromise and so always. my my job there is no perfect tire right well, well, just, it's well, if, if there was we would just we would just sell a good year a good yeah. year right yeah. 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 that makes sense right because you this know is the good year you, tire. you get a performance vehicle or, or say you bought like a low profile tire and you run over a pothole mm-hmm. you could dent the rim you get a four-wheel drive truck hit the the same pothole at the same speed you wouldn't even notice there's there's <laughs> inches more on that sidewall sure. right. before it gets to the rim it's never going to touch it right the normal like kind of job what i'm doing is whether it's an oem project or replacement I'll have so anyway these the three to seven different sets of tires, and I get in the car, and we have, I think we have like 250 cars at the proving grounds. Mm-hmm. Probably 50 that I that my group mainly uses for for testing, and there's like a core 10 that we use all the time. But like you said, it's different tire segments. So you know, commuter touring all season, you have performance all season, you have performance summer, you have different levels of truck tires, you have basically the what we call hard met truck tire and then an LT. So LT would be on like your super duty type platforms, 25, you know, an F250, F350 yeah. or a 2500 Silverado or a 1500 gets more of the hard met. So different, all sorts of different categories. And we have to have a vehicle to work with each of those different mm-hmm. segments. And then from the OEM side, we have vehicles like we'll have a fitment on a Toyota and they will say, buy this Toyota. We buy it. And then we use it to help develop our tire before we 
call them submissions and we submit them a tire and their evaluators will go okay this is good enough in this area not good enough in this area and my job is to kind of work with them and then help communicate that to so their engineers the, talking with your right. engineers and so okay. all of these different companies have test drivers and so my accounts i work with ford gm and tesla and so Tesla has test drivers, Ford has test drivers, GM has test drivers. And so depending on the program, I will work with the test driver from the OEM on that program. And I, I know what that person wants and I know what the company wants. Sometimes they're sort of different. They should theoretically be. Yeah, my, 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 yeah. my job is to make that person happy and get an approval for, for Goodyear and to help get the business. What are, uh, what are some of the things that you see differently when you're working with a company like Tesla versus somebody like Ford? So, oh, I, I so feel the like weight of the vehicle. We yeah. can spend on that. Like, that's two, totally, that's yeah, two so the, totally different things. So big, big differences outside of, because with Ford and GM, we're still testing EVs. So even that part is not that different okay. now. I mean, it's different with Tesla because it's all EVs. Yeah. But the biggest, Electric vehicles, the biggest, sorry, yeah, the biggest <laughs> difference with Tesla is they don't have their own proving grounds. So Ford and GM each have multiple proving grounds in the United States, some in Europe. They have some all over the world. So they're, they're established. No, no, Michigan. It's even colder. So they're 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 established big companies with training processes. There's proving grounds, facilities. Okay. They have specific data. ways yeah. that they test. I can't get into all details, but like of there course, are there yeah. are things that are very different from the way Ford does things and the way that that GM does things. They both end up with good good products, but they do them differently. Mm-hmm. So I test differently for Ford and differently for GM. Tesla is developing those ways cuz they've taken ambitious people kind of best and brightest type you know they've from, poached from everybody let's just call like it what it is here, so, so yes. they're, right so, so there are opportunities yeah. at tesla for engineers you know you will go work at ford the stock options aren't going to buy you a mclaren but they might at tesla so <laughs> there, there, are, there are incentives you work a lot of hours you you travel a lot and you can but, say this because you work a good year there you go yeah. exactly <laughs> but but there are incentives it's more of that startup mentality there are, are opportunities mm-hmm. right. you know if you go work for a big established software company versus going to a startup there could be differences in your bank account in 10 years and, and so there is an attraction to those sort of companies and they're, they're exciting and they, they make cool products they are developing some of the procedures some of the processes they don't have their own test track so they're renting different facilities around the US and they test in a different way that's more of like a company philosophy which is you know uh, the Japanese manufacturers are very different from the from the American manufacturers and Tesla is different from the other American manufacturers mm-hmm. in the type of tests they do they they're also a more like a startup in the sense that they have a smaller number of people. So quicker I'm, learning cycles too. Yeah, so they I'm, want it, they want results a lot faster. So I'm I'm working with kind of the same people on each program where if I work with Ford, I might work with a team on the F150 and then a team on this other platform and same with same with GM. But again, come my normal days, I I'm doing like noise, ride, steering, wet handling and dry handling. Those are kind of my main tests. And so I'm basically I have a procedure and a way I evaluate tires for for noise. So I do a coast down from 60 miles an hour to zero, and I'm engine off, radio off, AC off, and I'm listening to the the tire noise. He's and starting with the the low yeah the, <laughs> the, the low stuff. expectation the one. He's stuff. working his he's way gonna, up. He's gonna, the he's gonna ramp it yeah. Out. Yeah. But 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 it's important. Um, yes, uh-huh. it's it something it people is. complain about. And so I, I I have basically a list of parameters 
tread noise, road roar, they don't necessarily mean anything to anybody outside the industry, but they're things that I know what they mean and I give essentially a numerical score. So I have like a one through 10 scale, I rate each tire for those parameters and give an overall opinion and comments on, you know, it was making this type of noise at this speed and, and that gives the tire designer, okay, this is, that could be a construction change, that could be a compound change and we work together afterwards. And I do ride comfort, ride comfort, I run, potholes at certain speeds the, the smooth highway road like, like on purpose like hitting potholes absolutely on yeah oh and yeah. there it's an engineered pothole road we right, had to yeah. make our yeah, own so we potholes. Have ride comfort <laughs> lanes that have like cleat impacts and and things that simulate you know driving through a construction zone driving through a country road driving through a mm-hmm. a, a, a highway and i'm evaluating the ride comfort yeah, that's vital research for someone who lives in richmond i'm exactly. telling you that. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah sorry everyone richmond. thinks their roads are the worst <laughs> yeah. it's um, oklahoma the answer is oklahoma right, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's true. Go ahead. And then for for steering testing, we get into some, started getting into some safety aspects. So we do basically like off throttle and brake and turn. So we're doing handling maneuvers where, you know, you're driving down an exit ramp and it tightens up and you're going too fast or you weren't paying attention. And all of a sudden the car is sideways. Tire plays a big part, uh, a, a role in how that vehicle handles. And so I am purposely taking it above the limit and sliding the cars around and feeling how much grip they have, what happens when it oversteers. So oversteers when the back end slides, understeers when the front end slides. One is more fun than the other in, at a test track, <laughs> but more scary in real life. So yeah. test drivers like oversteer, it's a lot more fun, especially you can make it do it on purpose. But in, in, in real life, it's not a fun situation. One of our main test tracks is an 11-acre pad of asphalt. So it's it's 2,000 feet long and 400 feet wide. And I can take an SUV or a car or a performance car and I can do limit lane changes. So I go from one lane to the, you know, I'm basically avoiding somebody that's pulled out in front of me and avoiding somebody that's walked out or a deer Mm -hmm. and basically a panic type maneuver. So as aggressive as I can get and get the car really out of shape, sideways, spin it, whatever, you know, whatever happens. And I'm evaluating sort of, okay, when I do this limit lane change, what does what happens is it nice and controllable does it have high grip or was i instantly pointing the wrong direction in a big smoky slide it's hard to simulate exact real world situations because most people are driving the speed limit and doing things they should do yeah, of course we're taking it to the extreme situation so we're we driving want him to do it first yeah. before right. we ever right. do so it so we're yeah. we're trained <laughs> to safely drive the car at the limit where if we lose con- you know start to be in a situation where you would lose control whether you're understeering or oversteering or spinning out we have space to do that safely we're Mm -hmm. not hitting anything and then we are trained to be able to control the cars like that so somewhat like you would see you know a race car driver do so we're not race car drivers it's not about how fast you are it's really how consistent you are because our goal is to not affect the results of the test so my Mm -hmm. goal is to be consistent on set tire set one set two set three set four they could be different compounds they could be different construction components in the tire and i'm looking to give the feedback of look when we changed this component in the tire, this is what changed in the wet handling or the dry handling. So my goal is to be consistent and not affect the results. So, you know, just like in science class, I'm a variable. I'm a a human. I'm not perfect. So the training makes us less of a variable. He is doing all those analytics in his head, doing the communication with the teams, but you have to have that confidence in your technical capability to do that. I know a lot of engineers who could not do his job from a driving point of view, but then also the flip side, a lot of guys who are really good at driving and girls are really good at driving who don't have that analytical brain to be able to communicate what he's feeling 
to the design engineer um, or to the customer or, or what have you. So it's it's a, it's two, definitely twofold. The guys, I want to thank you guys so much for being on here, Ryko CTE. Now, but I do want to ask you guys this one more question. This is a lightning round question, so we got to try to keep it uh, uh, under I sixty promise. seconds. Try I to promise. keep it under sixty <laughs> seconds. So we, we have buzzer. We have a <laughs> right. <laughs> got to get the runoff music from <laughs> the Grammys. Um, no, but um, we have a variety of automotive-related programs. Automotive technology. We have auto body, diesel tech, um, engineering in, programs. Engineering yeah. programs. High Tech Academy. You get uh, twenty-eight credits towards VCU's engineering, engineering program yeah. over there. If you pass High Tech Academy, if you pass awesome. it successful, successfully, and then we also have motorsports, like we mentioned here. How important are getting involved in something like that? If you do want to do something similar to what you guys are doing, sitting across the table from me. It really could be the make or break point. It could be, um, depending on what your experience is. And I know we talked a lot about hands-on as opposed to the classroom stuff. The classroom stuff is still obviously important. Yeah, it's the right. foundation. It needs to be there. But when you're talking about compete, you know, two kids going after the same thing where maybe one's grades are just slightly better than the other, but the other one has all this other exposure... It, they're going to win every time. They're going to win that um, that job or that opportunity. Yeah, so it can be the separator to get a job, but yeah. it can also help you learn what type of job you really want because yeah. it gives you real-world experience, and then it can help you when you start your career. So I think it's And it's, it's just good. fun. I mean, if it's not fun, <laughs> you probably should look somewhere else. Yeah, and I mean, we can help you find out if, you, yeah. if it is fun for you yeah. or if it's not, not But so also, fun. I mean, for anyone who's listening, if you don't have access to one of those programs for a reason, go, but you really want to do something automotive, go try to get some time at a dealership or in a garage or anything. They're, they're if your always neighbor, looking for some folks to help out. Yeah, if sure. your neighbor's into doing project cars, he's got some old cool car that he's restoring. So, uh, uh, this is good. Do you have any programs that maybe students could look up and maybe get involved in as far as internships or anything like that? Yes. So there are. For, if you live for, in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> yeah. So there, there are internship programs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe do a summer in Akron. Who yeah. Knows? At the at Akron, the home base. We also have had interns in, in my group, test drivers. So you get a little bit of a flavor of the job and it gives okay. us kind of a longer. We're actually just hired one of our interns full time. Cool. Um, so it's it, it helps us to get a longer time with someone. So it's almost like an extended interview some of our former interns one works for GM one works for Tesla and so these type of things they really they can be the the focus of your resume that helps you get with another company well and as um, long as, as money's not a thing you know if you've got to make money over the summer go do it but if you if you can work for two dollars an hour like Dave did <laughs> um, there yeah. are there That's are this started, right? race teams yeah who, who love cheap labor um, no but there are a lot of other opportunities too it just go start getting creative think about some of the parts suppliers there I think there's probably a couple in Richmond that supply parts to car manufacturers yeah, see if they've got an internship program the industry's huge so yeah. you don't have to go to Ohio or Michigan it's just kind of where it's centered. Before I let the listening audience go, I got to remind you again, of course, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube, all at the handle, <laughs> Henrico CTE, HenricoCTE.com for more information on automotive or um, transportation-related uh, programs like automotive technology, like motorsports, that's coming up. You can actually sign up for that still. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. You can find the podcast at all of your major podcast apps and um, the majority of the uh, minor ones, so please look us up, like, and subscribe, don't miss this episode, and get caught up. Get caught up. Uh, binge, binge, binge. All right, guys, that's it for us. For Mike, for Dave, for Ali, I'm Rashawn Garnett. Uh, this has been Henrico CTE Now. Until next time, so long, everyone. <laughs>